Yeah, we're ready. Let's Yay! Welcome, oh, Jonathan. We're in it. Okay, we're yes. Yeah, we're in yes. it. Welcome to the studio. Excited to have you here. Thank you. Are you excited? I am. Yeah. Do we look at the public or do I look no, at no, you? No, no, no. Okay, this is, this just is way more cash. Yeah, cash. Cool. Like just like we were talking before. It's just a conversation. Cool. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about three topics. Yes. First topic was getting into how we met. Yes. Because we're both actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, second topic was just, well, we wanted to get into February blues, so we can yeah, get into yeah. that at the Whenever, end. Whenever, yeah. Because it's a real thing, and if you guys are feeling depressed at this time of year, it's normal. Don't think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Last topic, um, I think it was like getting into making your own work. Yeah. And just, uh, or survival jobs was... Survival jobs yeah. and like finances and, and yeah. how, how to support ourselves as artists. Mm-hmm. It's freaking hard. Yep. And before we started the podcast, we were talking about how we're actually below the poverty line. Yeah, <laughs> by most standards. <laughs> we'll, get in, we'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into that. So how did we meet? Uh, we met, I believe it was at an elite casting workshop. Yes. Yes, yes. And uh, we ended up talking during one of the breaks just because... I don't know. I guess you're an interesting we, person. Well, because we have nothing else to do. I, yeah. I remember you were talking with a, a redhead. Rosie Callahan. Okay, We're yeah. friends now. Oh, you are? Yeah, Because yeah. she moved to Toronto. Yes. And you were like, I got to move. I got to move. Yeah, 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 And now I'm saying that to you. Mm-hmm. And in a year, I'm going to be living in Toronto telling someone else, like, yeah, you got to move. Because all yeah. the opportunities are in Toronto It's the Montreal actors. expats, really. We created, like, a little community for ourselves. I mean, I'm not, I don't know Rosie super well, but, okay. I mean, we all have that common background of coming from Montreal and so now I've been hanging out a little bit more with Annie Yao I've been hanging out with uh, Lara she's another Montreal expat oh, yeah. um, Amanda Petrin we hang we're, we tight we oh, write yes. a lot together yes, yes. yeah 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 <laughs> okay yeah so you think it's worth it to move to Montreal uh to move to, uh, to, Toronto? Move to Toronto yeah, yeah. um thing is no matter where you are you're gonna hustle right so if you're in Montreal, you're going to hustle. If you're in Toronto, you're going to hustle. And I've been kind of doing the two-city thing. Yeah, so you're living in two cities? Yes. How it, are you doing that? Uh, well, I can't even live in one city and make it here. Yeah. As opposed to like make it in two places. I, I came back to Montreal for a year before I decided to move to Toronto. Okay. During which time, I built a bit of relationship with the casting directors here. Okay. But I was telling you this before, I don't really know any actors here. So maybe my move was a little premature, but I decided, oh, I'm going to move to Toronto because that's where there's more opportunity. And because I have family here, it made more sense for me to get an apartment in Toronto because I could always stay with family while I'm in town. Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking like every piece of advice that we're given as actors is Mm -hmm. make it in your own city first before you try to dominate the bigger ones. Definitely. The whole uh, big fish in a small pond. Yes. What ends up happening to big fish in small ponds is they die. (laughs) because they don't have enough food so i tried to get the best of both worlds in the sense that uh i at least am able to self-tape for a lot of the roles and for the bigger roles i come back i really do like i'll get an audition and i'll hop on a bus on a on a um mega bus okay how long does it take like six hours uh it takes usually longer it's closer to eight or nine hours yeah But you can use that time to create your own content and to write. That's smart because we were talking about how the fact that like I will not suffer through extra work. No. But you were like, first of all, I don't suffer through it because I utilize that Mm -hmm. time and I write scripts. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. And so you've written like stuff. I've written some stuff. Uh, In terms of production, I don't have, like I was saying earlier, I don't have a huge network in Montreal or even Toronto yet. Uh, I have the people that I love working with, and whenever they grace me with 
a project that we can do together, then we work together. But right now I've written a piece with uh, Christine Trin. Okay. Uh, or I've started writing it. We're going to be writing it together. A piece? What is it? Oh, it's a short film. A short film. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's still okay. in its Keep it on very... The yeah, on the yeah. DL. It's in its infancy. And besides that, uh, I'm in talks with a few people. But it's funny because even though I'm writing while I'm killing time on set or when I'm on a bus, I'm in a bit of a creative hiatus right now because I want to finish the projects that I've started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's rough. I feel like when you force yourself to finish the projects, yeah. it's different than having that that inspiration For and sure. the people on the other side can like tell mm-hmm. that you forced it. It's sort of like JK Rowling finishing her, her books because she yeah. had to. And she mm-hmm. was like, I hated that ending of that book because I wasn't in it. Like, it's the hard first two. It's hard because it's like a relationship at the beginning. Yeah. It's the honeymoon phase. You're yeah. excited yeah. and then you have to commit and then you have to follow through on those commitments. And it becomes, it becomes overwhelming at a certain point because you want it to be so good. But if you, that spark isn't there from the beginning, then it's hard to finish. For me, that actually hasn't been a huge issue. It's just a lack of time. I've been I've been ba- balancing uh, the whole acting opportunities with my survival jobs, and these last couple of months have been really busy that way. So once that clears up, which it's starting to, I'm yeah. finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's good. Yeah, I have like this to do list of okay, this is what I immediately need to do once I have I've done these prior commitments, and and that's. The, the film get together that I that I started editing months ago that I just I get to edit it little bits at a time but yeah. I really want to to sit down and I want to just marathon edit it for because it, it takes me longer I'm not an editor but as an actor you wear lots you of hats you have to wear yeah many hats and uh, I can deliver a nice product but it takes me a very long time to get there yeah yeah so you wouldn't want to charge anyone for that because uh, it would take like triple the amount of time uh, if i was charging someone you would it, work faster oh it would definitely go quicker okay um but it's also about means yeah. in terms of where you can save your money and and i will get it professionally color corrected if that needs to happen uh, i already have a friend who said he'd look at it but if if we can't do what we want to do with it then i'll fork out the extra cash but in terms of actual editing i have enough experience it's just the knowledge behind it like yeah so you're yeah. working on those projects, and mm-hmm. you're gonna before you jump into other ones, you're gonna finish those. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm okay. still doing the writing bit because writing is just something I can do at any time. Yeah. I can't really video edit at any time because yeah. I need to have a lot of. If I'm working with audio, then I have to be very, very vigilant. You have to plan. You have to be like, okay, this hour is yeah. devoted to this. Exactly. You so it can't... feels like work, mm-hmm. whereas writing, you're they're like, okay. Oh yeah. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I have like all these concepts, and I have a lot of people I want to work with. But in terms of getting those things produced, I'm just gonna wait a little bit. And if they want to take the, get the ball rolling, yeah. the people I want to work with, all the yeah, power to them. That'd be awesome. You were just talking about producing your own animation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That that to me, I want to do that. <laughs> like that's something I'm interested in because I I've like a I don't know this spark has sort of like dimmed a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of like acting and everything yeah just because i'm not into it but animation oh i dude, love animation talk about that can, can you talk about the project i'm not sure how much how many details i can give but the idea is i met this animator mm-hmm. at a booze and schmooze booze and schmooze what yes. is that by the way booze for- and schmooze everyone should check it out if you're an indie filmmaker in montreal you go you schmooze you booze you meet people in the industry and you can get some projects off the ground. I've met some good friends at Booz and Schmooze, and uh, when I'm in Montreal, I go to them. They- so it's just like a little get-together where you shoot the shit with people mm-hmm. and talk about your projects. Yep. And talk about things that you would want to do. Exactly. Oh, I'm an actor. You're a filmmaker. Let's do it. Yep. 
and this this animator bumped into me and he saw I put on my little little uh, name, name tag, tag yeah because yeah. they, they give it you write your, your role and your name and uh, I said oh I'm an actor but I also am a writer in quotations writer, writer. It's just like I'm an editor if yeah, it takes yeah, yeah. me longer to do something I don't consider myself a professional but yeah. I can deliver a professional product and he said oh if you have any scripts send them my way and I sent them his way that's and amazing, just by adding that onto yeah. your name tag. Yeah. So imagine you were like, no, 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 I don't want to call myself that. You would no. have totally missed that opportunity. No, I put I put quotations as a disclaimer, just yeah. because I have people who've studied writing yeah, and yeah, who are yeah. much more... Who've gone to like play writing yeah, school. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then there's definitely skills that I could learn. Um, I'm, I have a pretty good ease with dialogue, especially if the characters are similar to the people around our age and mm-hmm. our social economic circle. Yeah. Uh, like if, there's this new there's this new term right now, bait out your own scene. Yes. It's very <laughs> like much that. Cultural yeah. norms, yeah. Yeah. I can I can write in those voices and I can a lot of times it's write what you know. So I'll yeah. I'll attach characters to people I know in real life and I'll write them in the way that I know they'd speak. Um, but I definitely have a lot of work to do. But all this to say that I, I introduced myself as a writer. And he said, submit some scripts. And now we're looking to collaborate. He's busy too with his survival jobs. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see what comes up of it. And if if nothing comes up of it right now, it's still it was a great exercise and creativity in the sense that and connection made. Yeah, connection made. Yeah. And you always want to put your best foot forward, really. And it's not about being it's not about being like fake or anything. It's about giving it your best right from the beginning. Yeah, and even if things don't pan out now, you mm-hmm. guys will still have that connection and you can like maybe yeah, in a year, you'll be sure. like, okay, hey, I'm ready. I have nothing going on and I want to produce that thing. A lot of times it's like people talk about actors trying to tear other actors down and really what you need to do is raise your friends up. Because yeah. their success is, is your, your success. success. And honestly, there's a lot of roles that I can't play. Yeah. And I have friends who can play those roles yeah. really well. So why would I be jealous if they're getting the roles? Yeah. Well, like, well, no, but for instance, like yeah. you were talking about the animation and I was like, I wonder if it would be weird if I asked you for that guy's contact. Like that was something that went into my head because I'm like, D- does would you feel like I'm taking an opportunity no. away from you? But we're not two 25-year-old blonde girls. No, like, this is fair. You know? But if I asked you for that guy's contact and I produced an animation, how would you feel? I'd be cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Even the like in terms of even though there's no conflict of interest there, I mean I have I have actor friends who are my exact type. Do you know Adam Burnett? No. Okay, Adam Burnett is a Montreal actor, moved to long Toronto. Hair? Yeah, long hair. Oh. Yeah, yeah. White. Yeah. White, yes, okay. very. Um, <laughs> very tall, like same same exact we whenever we have an audition, so uh, I say we have an audition because one time I borrowed a pair of shoes from him. Okay. I got an audition for a show and I straight up was like Hey Adam, do you need your shoes back? Because I'll bring them to the audition. He's like, Yeah, I'm at that audition. But I don't mind. Because you just know that you'll be at the same. Yeah, yeah, we're the same typecast. And but at the same time, even if you're the same typecast, there are still roles that he's better suited for, and roles that I'll be better suited for. Yeah. And at the end of the day, his success could translate into my success because we. I mean, There's we have good so rapport. much abundance. People think that there isn't. People think that you stole an opportunity mm-hmm. from them. It's such a bad outlook. Yeah. I, I wonder what we could do to change that. I think. It starts with it within yourself. Mm-hmm. Just noticing that like everything is available to you. Yeah. And if you didn't get it, it means that it wasn't yours to begin with. We, we can talk about jealousy too, in the we sense could. that as soon as you. This is a huge jealousy field. It really acting, is. It's like I, I acting, remember. Acting, singing, huge. Dancing. Because I mean, all of it's. You don't get into the professional performing arts if there isn't a little bit of ego involved. 
Yeah. There has yeah. to be that little bit of ego. But what ends up happening is that ego can eat away at you. I, want, I was non-union for a very long time. And I remember seeing people who started acting after I did. and Get they their union get card. Get their union card. Yeah. And then they'd be in bigger projects. Yeah. And, and I don't have my union card. Mm. And when people get it, I'm like, okay. Like, how do I feel about that? To be fair, one of my best works was when I was non-union. Non-union. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like, people have amazing projects and they won't hire union because it's a, like a headache to go through ACTRA yeah. and to pay like the extra fees mm-hmm. and stuff. But there, so, are, there are systems put in place and you yeah. can always talk to Serena at ACTRA in Montreal <laughs> and she'll apparently hook you up. She will help okay. you. We're well, not hook you up in the sense that... You know, yeah. give her money. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> not saying that. Uh, again, I don't know her that well. Mm-hmm. I've met her a couple of times. And what she told me, she says, if you want to make a project, Actra, you approach me about it. Okay. And the only time I produced something under the heading of Actra was in Toronto. And when I was producing, I was more of the artistic producer. Okay. And it was really Amanda who who handled all of the union stuff. Which is your agent? Or what's no, your no, agent? No, uh, no, Amanda Petrin. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Lots of people named lots Amanda of, these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think about jealousy, and I think about what I would be jealous of, and it would just be someone else's skill. Mm-hmm. But the jealousy would quickly diminish, and yep. it would turn into work Admiration now. Or, no, it would oh, be like, okay, now okay. work. Yeah. So you want to dance like her? How do you think she did it? She, she didn't just wake up and have those skills. You better yep. put in the work. Yep. So it's like inspiration, mm-hmm. in a way. For sure. And if it turns into anything else, like, I don't even know... What does it turn into? Like going home, resenting. Like what do you do? What do no, people do with that jealousy if you don't turn it into something positive? Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know. Okay, so what do you think of workshops? Do you think that people should pay money for workshops? Getting back to how we met, like yeah, like we met, and that's when I was getting into acting, mm-hmm. and I was spending a lot of money on workshops, yeah. on classes. Yeah. People say in order to like stay honed and fresh, yeah. like, you need to take classes. Okay, but you realize these classes are three hundred dollars a month. Yes. Um, I think that in terms of taking workshops with casting directors or people within the industry, it could be a very smart networking opportunity yes. in the sense that if they've never seen you before, you're a new face, why would they look to give you a role when they know someone very well who is able to pull off this role? So what I'll do is, and it, no matter what, you can always learn something at a workshop. I've gone into these things sometimes a little bit hard-headed thinking, oh, well, I've seen every audition on camera workshop. That's when the danger happens. But you can't go in exactly, like that in anything can. in life. No, not oh, at all. I, I've spoken to this person so many times. I know what they have to offer. Yeah. People change. People change. People the industry is constantly changing. Yeah. And and I'm always I always learn something new. And what, what, what was I going into this about? Oh yeah, it was the fact that you can go in and if you even if you have this mentality that that you won't learn anything new, which is the wrong mentality to go into with, in my opinion, uh, you can still use it as a showcasing opportunity. You yeah. can put yourself in front of these casting directors. If you really think you're great, well, and show them. Yeah. And then if they want to work with you, they'll call you in. Maybe you'll be called into the audition room a little more often. You may not get a direct role out of it, but if you're making good ripples... And your then, presence. Yeah. Yeah. And you can learn something. You could be on stage and they could be like, uh, why did you just look away like that? And that could yeah. be like the biggest learning moment yeah. of your exactly. career. Exactly. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Ooh, that's my stomach. Yeah, I just, I just I'm very it. hungry, guys. <laughs> okay, you, you spoke a lot about survival jobs. Yes. What does that even mean? So I used to call it a day job, like most people called it. Yeah. But eventually you realize that you're mostly not working during the day, or at least not for me. I'll work nights. It, nights. If you're working in the restaurant industry, you'll be working at night. If you're Bartending, working, yeah. I've done so many odd jobs. Uh, I've worked 
for the Jewish General Hospital. Okay. I worked in registration. Oh yeah. Uh, I've worked. Uh, I've worked in landscaping. I've worked in shoveling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something that 3 a.m. I start shoveling. And 3 a.m.? 3 a.m., sometimes midnight. It depends. It, you you work with whatever schedule the weather gives you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like... But it pays well, which is why he does it. And that's why I call it a survival job. Yeah. Because it's not a day job. It can happen at any time of the day. And people have side hustles, and everyone has a different way about doing it. Yeah. And uh, I think that as long as you're able to be financially comfortable and also be able to be making the art that you want to create then you're in a good place i'm still working on the financial stability stability part of it yeah but uh i'm working toward it i know one thing that i think i wish i would have done was had i not because i went into engineering uh when i first started higher education and that's not really something you can do on the side no whereas if i had learn something like computer programming or a trade like a electrician or being a plumber then these are jobs where you can you have some influence on your schedule yes which means that if you have an audition and you need to dip out for a little bit to go to this audition no big deal if you work a nine to five job you can't do that Mm-mm. you have to call sick every time you have an audition that doesn't work no so if for me as soon as i i didn't go into acting right away i had it always in the back of my mind oh maybe one day i want to go into acting I could have thought strategically and yeah. said, I'll learn a trade. I'll pick up a skill that I can do, of my, even accounting. I have uh, an actor friend who's an accountant, and with the exception of tax season where he has to lock himself up, yeah. uh, he is able to make his living off of that. So That's really smart. Yeah, yeah. Starting your own business. If you have a family, if you if you're, have a family or a friend who has their own company yeah. and who has work for you and they don't mind so much about you because they know that you're dedicated. Yeah. The hardest part is when you're applying to a complete stranger. Yes. And, and you're they're saying, like, what do you mean what do you, mean? you want to take three days off a yeah. week? <laughs> exactly. And it's like... It's hard to explain, especially if they, if they don't understand that life. And I'll say, I have an open schedule, except if I get an audition. That doesn't work. Yeah. So recently when I'm applying for a job, I'll say, okay, I'm available weekends and nights because that's when auditions rarely happen. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then if if I get a role, a lot of the times the roles that we get are so small that you can call in sick for the one shift. Yeah. And if they understand, it's not really calling in sick. You just tell them, hey, I booked a gig. They know you're an actor. It always shocks them. It shocks the hell out of them every time. They're like, wait, what? You have to miss a shift because of your mm. career? Uh, but if you have a good boss, then they generally understand. Yeah. And uh, I had a job for an ice cream catering business. Mm. And what during the so summer... like serving ice cream? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, serving gourmet nice. hipster ice cream. Gourmet hipster. What does yeah. that look like? <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, you know, fleur de sel, salt sprinkled Ooh. on top of praline and caramel. and. Okay, like or, high class. Oh, yeah, there's like foie like gras. Like us below the, the poverty line. Oh, no, we can't, no. ex- <laughs> we can't <laughs> afford that. Okay, okay. <laughs> not, not well. No, we can not. But just one scoop. Or if it's for a special occasion. Like, you know, if it's your wedding or or, or a funeral, you know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe yeah. you want some ice cream to cheer you up. But uh, that job during the summer was, was fantastic in the sense that, oh, if I couldn't make it to a shift, I would call the roster of ice cream ice servers cream, yeah. and I'd say, can you take my shift? That's true. It becomes more complicated during the winter in the sense that, uh, oh, that's you, <laughs> in the sense that. There's less gigs, so there's less staff, which means you can get less replacements. Yeah. But I, I was listening to um, Inside Acting, which is another phenomenal podcast mm-hmm. about the acting industry. And they actually call survival jobs thrival jobs. I like that. Yeah, thrival, thrival jobs. Thrival jobs. Because 
we don't want to look at these jobs as a means to survive, but mm-hmm. rather we have these jobs to thrive mm-hmm. in our actual careers. For sure. Like when you're first starting out looking for some financial sustainability, then you might not be working the best survival job. Yes. But if you can find a job that you can work in tandem with, with your craft, yeah. that's ideal. And and I have this one job at the McGill Simulation Center yes. yeah. where we're all actors. Mm-hmm. So if you say I have an audition that day, they're like, okay, you're yeah. done, you're, you're off. Because the, they understand, because we're all part of the mm-hmm. same community. The standardized patient program in Ontario doesn't work like that at all. Oh no. I'm part of three different institutions and they're well run and they're understanding in the sense that if I let them know the day before certain events, they can find someone. Okay. But there are some tests that are on the weekend, which are fine, mm. but their training falls during the week when I might get an audition. Yeah. And if I get an audition at the same time as the training, then I can't work the weekend. Yeah. So that's not that's not their fault. That's just the way that the, the system, system is works. set up yeah. in Ontario. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, that's an awesome job. You get to flex your acting muscle. Yeah. You get to learn about yeah. medicine. And so when I, when I tell my agent, you know, like, um, no, I'm not paying physically for courses right now because I can't afford $300 a month for one week, once a week yeah, yeah, to yeah. practice. Are they talk about which, which one are you allowed saying? Well, um, just to like study at, like, let's mm-hmm. say any acting places, yeah. you know, Susanna Lanier, Gilles mm-hmm. Plouffe, yeah. like I love them as teachers too, mm-hmm. but it's too expensive. Yeah, <laughs> not that they're charging a lot, but I just can't afford it because mm-hmm. I'm below the poverty That's line. That's <laughs> actually something that that actors. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> but this is actually something that actors kind of did to ourselves is the fact that because we didn't hold ourselves accountable, it was almost like the prices went up so that you'd commit to it. Yeah, yeah. And that's. That's kind of crappy. That's sad. Yeah. But it's true. Like, scientifically, there are studies done that people will only commit to something yeah. if they're paying money for it. Yeah. Which is crappy. because so crappy. If you wanted, there's, there are lots of actor groups that you could join. Yeah. I don't know so many in Montreal, but I know in Toronto they're a thing where it's like Toronto cold reads. You go, you get you yeah. get new material, the the author gets to hear the material read aloud, so that's what they're paying with and what you're paying but with. But then when you're going to like a booze, booze and schmooze, a yeah. little get together, yeah. where people are asking you, you know, maybe there are agents there and they're like, so uh, how's your training going? What are you yeah. doing for training? It's like, I do train, mm-hmm. but I, just because I'm not paying for it, it yeah. doesn't look like realistically that you're training which yeah. is kind of annoying which is yeah that's that's tricky and you always... so you're paying just for the the look that you're yeah you're it's still it's called it. pay to play pay to play and it's it's it's, it's a, a thing, real thing everywhere it's yeah. literally getting a piece of paper mm-hmm. your degree yeah so that you can pay to play in society mm-hmm. today yeah pay to play, pay to play. in society today mm-hmm. oh damn okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so we spoke a little bit about how we met and yes. like what we're going <clears throat> what we're going through mm-hmm. And we wanted to touch upon like finances. So what could yeah. you talk to people about who are like struggling financially? Well, at the same time, I'm struggling financially. I am too. Yeah. I'm, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, I with mean. With three jobs. With three jobs. Well, a lot of Part-time the, jobs. Yes. Three part-time jobs. Well, it's because we're trying to build flexibility. For our careers. Mm-hmm. People don't get it. Yeah. Because for one thing, for, for actors, I mean, a lot of actors that I know, it's like they prioritize flexibility over how much you're earning. And I do that. I do that all the time. That's yeah. why I'm still working some jobs very close to minimum wage in the sense that even though I know that I have qualifications where I should quote unquote be paid more, 
It'll take too much up exactly. of your time. It'll eat exactly. up your time. Yeah. So I'm still trying to figure it out. That's probably why I want to talk about it. Like if anyone has any suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> please hit us up. What I've been doing is similar to, to, to Fiona is we've been working multiple jobs. Yeah. And you try to find day jobs or survival jobs that you don't completely loathe. Yeah. I mean, we touched upon it a little bit. It's just being flexible. And also, again, getting over the ego. You have to realize, you know what? Maybe I'm not worth more than... 15 12, bucks 15, an hour, yeah. 12, yeah, it's different well, minimum wage in Ontario and but, Quebec. But, but you see, like for me, I also won't commit to a minimum wage job. Fair enough. So I don't know if it is ego or if it's just like My soul time. crushing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't do it because yeah. I'll be so depressed and yep. I'll be like, <laughs> I, I picture, you know what I picture? I picture yeah. like working at a desk mm-hmm. and then every hour someone coming to me with $10, a $10 bill yeah. and two fifty change. I'm yeah. like, no way. It's, it's terrible. No, I terrible. would never. The thing I is, never. that's just it. You shouldn't have to commit to twelve fifty. It's you have spare time. You can work the shift. Yeah. Then it's that's like, at least I have money coming in. That's what I'm saying. Because I wouldn't do a nine to five minimum wage. That's dumb. Like you better make sure that if you're not going to take, and I tell myself this just mm-hmm. as a reinforcement, like I'm talking to myself here. Yeah. You better damn make sure if you're not going to take the 12, 15 hour that you're using that hour more productively yep. than if you were to take that Exactly. Job. And granted all this to say, I still look for jobs that pay way more than 12, 15 hour. Yeah. No, so <laughs> do I. That, I don't, I, I don't look for. But Flexibility is paramount. Yeah. And it, it I love needs that word. to yeah, thanks. <laughs> it has to allow for random last minute auditions yeah. during the day. And also at a certain point, if you want to produce your own content, that stuff costs money. You can call in all the favors you want and you can make one or maybe two projects. But eventually, if you care about these people, these artists that you support, you're gonna to have to pay them. And in order to pay them, you need to have the means. So it's like yeah. finding that balance between how much and also your standard of living like i've greatly reduced my standard of living how oh uh when i moved to toronto toronto is a super expensive housing market um i had a couple of friends that i knew for a long time before moving to toronto and they had this like super small space okay (laughs) which i'm not even sure if it's legally a room but i took it okay (laughs) and uh, yeah it's like the closet room (laughs) yeah it was uh actually my oma used to refer to it as a bed stay because apparently that used to be a thing okay where it's like you open the door and there's a mattress that is it okay i mean if it does the job all it was honestly it was i was bouncing back and forth between montreal and toronto so much anyway that at the time i didn't really need a room okay then the more time that i was spending in toronto the more i was like okay i actually need my own space yeah Uh, but i've lived in the living room before when i lived i lived in new york for three years while i was studying and uh the first year i was in the south bronx living in the living room and by year two, I was still living in a basement sharing a space okay. in Ridgewood, Queens. So it was like I hopped around and I would still always be looking for the cheapest way to live because you're not getting your rent, your rent money back. But you still have to be able to live a life that you want to How keep How much were living. you paying? So let's see. Uh, when I was in the Bronx, I was paying uh, under 500 Okay, that's good. That's good for by New York standards. And at the time, the dollar was quite comparable. So that was nice. When the dollar started going peaking, then that became really yeah. scary. So like my second year, I lived in, I had a great room. It was $700 a month. Okay. But then as it started getting higher up there, I Close downsized. Yeah. So I went, okay, I'll split a basement for 500 again. And then I moved to another place and I, I, I was always trying to keep it cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. You have to because people live beyond their means now. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that we need to live for the now and we need to 
to, we can't put ever, all, put off joy too long. But I but just we're actually putting ourselves in debt. Yeah. And we were talking about credit cards before. Yeah. And how we're living. Well, a lot of people use credit cards mm-hmm. as as they 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 have like twenty dollar yeah. bills in their hands. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, yeah. Use it like a debit card, exactly. where at the end of the month you yeah. pay it off. You pay it off completely. completely. You need to build a. You need to build your credit. That makes sense. Yeah. Completely. But the people who are paying the minimum and then end up paying interest on these purchases, that you're you're stealing from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What you do when you make a a negative financial decision like that is that you are robbing from your future self. Yeah. And ideally, yes. In the future your future self will have a better paying job. Your future self will be in a more financial secure situation. But, but your future self is also going to be paying $2000 extra. Mm-hmm. And for us it's not so easy. If someone was a student <clears throat> and they were studying to be a doctor or an engineer, and they were living a little more in the now. Yes. Okay. Their you careers. Know, you that's know guaranteed. the money's coming yeah. in. But if you're studying philosophy or if you're studying uh, an art form. Journalism. Yeah. Then it's like you really have to be careful how much yeah. money you spend in the now because you don't know how much money is coming in the future. Not just that, but jobs are not even guaranteed. No. No. And then that's why. Then, then we feel we feel awful when we look at these like low paid jobs that we're doing. But at the end of the day, it's like we were creating a skill set for a job that didn't exist. So that's, that's what that is. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that like, I feel like now there's a bit of a switch. Now people are learning more trades, but a lot of the time when people didn't know what to do, they just stayed in school because that's what they were told to do. Yeah. They went, okay, well I'm going to get a sociology degree because just because, just because I'm not doing anything anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you're not going to, I understand that you, a lot of jobs, a bachelor is like a prerequisite no matter what it's in, but you could, that time could be better spent learning a trade or yeah. learning a skill that will help you in. Or like finding yourself. Yeah. Like, yes. <clears throat> yes. Like I think about myself last year even, mm-hmm. or in la- two years ago and how I would tell my kids, you know, to like get ready for their future. Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay, well go to school right away after high school because you don't know what you want to do. So at least school will show you, you know what I would tell them now? I'd be like, go into a job that you like and yeah. find out what you really want to do yeah. with your future. We're actually kind of fortunate to be in Quebec. Yeah. Because Cégep isn't as expensive as university. Yeah. Because think about you go, you live in, let's say, uh, you, you live in another province or even in the U.S. where you're forking out this money to go to pay a tuition to a program that you weren't sure if you were going to like. And then eventually you're just going to finish the program because you feel like you need to. $300,000 in debt. That's, Imagine. That's crazy. That's a life sentence. That's a death sentence. Wow. Yeah, it's it, it depending is. on what job you're getting into. If you're going to become a doctor, then you'll be able to pay it off. If you're getting a doctorate in, uh, I don't know, you know, ling- film. film. Yeah, that's it's unfortunate, but yeah, yeah, it's just such a saturated market. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, what else do you have going on right now in terms of like acting? In terms of acting? Yeah, like, do you have anything that you want to, you know, lead people to that you're like, oh, oh check me damn. out here? I mean, you can check out my website. All of my acting stuff that's available is on there. Okay, what's it called? It's a jonathanvanderson.com. Dot com. Yeah, I designed the website myself. I saw it. <sighs> Thank you. It inspired me to design my website. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that so out. So I did that too, but it's on pause because there are some things that I... It's hard to create your own website. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I use Squarespace. I use a website builder. Uh, yeah. yeah I use WordPress, good. but you have to like code and stuff. WordPress is... I have not seen a mobile WordPress website that on I've telephone? Yeah, okay. that I've been really impressed with. Okay. Like a lot of the times on 
desktop, it looks really good. But who is on their desktop? But Let's be honest. Very rarely are you on your desktop. Yeah. So that's what I liked about Squarespace. Squarespace is a little bit tougher to do a bilingual website, yeah. but it's still doable depending on which format you pick. That's true. So I design. I, I I'm not a web designer. So I mean, but unless, so, unless we're friends. What's really nice <laughs> about your your website is that it's so simple. Yeah. It's literally a picture view, mm -hmm. and then it's like headshot bio. Yeah. Demo, yeah. CV, mm -hmm. boom. And I think even the background is like white. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a creep. I, I know everything. That was like, that wow, is exactly, exactly what it website. looks like. That is what it looks like. Yes, <laughs> it is a very minimalist yeah. website. And we can get into your demo too. I was telling you this before. I was mm. like, your demo is really, I'm looking into making my own, so I'm taking hints from yours. Oh. And, and what should stand out in a demo is little... Um, flashes of character mm -hmm. and you have that in yours because the actual content and the story of what's being portrayed is so memorable <laughs> in one scene what can you explain that hacker scene oh for that's the a commercial that's okay, a, yeah. it's a commercial a lot of times they say not to put commercials on your demo well, why reel. I didn't even know that well for one thing it could become a conflict so let's say uh, I was doing a commercial for Payless shoes and so then I did the commercial for Payless Shoes. Nike wants to hire you. And Nike wants like... to hire me. But even though they stopped running the commercial and I'm no longer in conflict, if it's still on my demo reel four years later, then it's still, I think. I get that. I see yeah. that. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's the actual rationale, but that's what my rationale, that's what I think. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, if you're a commercial actor, then you're not a serious actor. That's what? An, oh my God. There's so many of these super annoying, like, stereotypes what oh yeah like i've been one time i was doing extra work and i was talking about my survival job and one of the extras was like oh i wouldn't talk too loud about your survival job because you know we're all working actors and the, if people know that you have a survival job then it means that you haven't succeeded and i'm like dude we're here doing extra work like this, this is not in acting means we have this is a survival job yeah. if you don't see this as a survival job then i don't then even what is your definition? What is your of definition success? of success exactly? Yeah, I kind of lost track of what I was talking about. <laughs> no, so, you, so you were saying um, you're talking about commercial actors. Yes, commercial actors and putting on my demo reel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this was cool. It was like a a very it was a very character role. I was playing a hacker and it wait, was wait wait wait. I have to stop you. Yeah. So there are people that think that commercial actors are not real actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like to be a commercial actor, you need to be that much more of an actor and, and like refine in your skill because you need to be so much more. Depends on the commercial, but <laughs> it yeah. depends. But most of the time, like I, I was only taking classes mm -hmm. and, and stuff and I go into a, Mac, a McDonald's commercial Yeah, and I was like trying to be really real and I was sitting next to a girl mm -hmm. and they were like, uh, oh, I think it was like A&W or something. Cause there was a Whopper yeah. and they're like, okay, you're going to take it and you're going to be like, that is really good. And I was yeah. trying to be like, like a film actor and mm -hmm. I was like, mm, that's really good. And they're like, yeah. no, no, get this girl out of here. She's not giving us the energy we it want. It depends on the tone. It depends on the it tone. It completely depends on the tone. So some tone wise, like it could be a completely voiced over commercial. So you have no lines and where you're filmed from behind and you're going downstairs and all that you see is the silhouette of your feet. Okay. That's not a real acting no. role. You can, I mean, it's great. I'll take the paycheck. But I'm not gonna put that on my demo reel because it doesn't show anything. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can walk downstairs in near darkness, but that's actually something related to what happened to a friend of mine. She was like, I wasn't cast in a commercial, and then I saw what they did with the commercial, and I was like, what? My feet aren't good enough? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if it's a strong enough role in the sense that the tone demanded a higher caliber of acting, then of course put it on your demo reel. Which is what your hacker commercial did. Yes. Yeah. So explain that. Yes. 
Oh, the hacker commercial? Yeah. Oh, it was just like, like a... Give it vivid uh, images for the podcast listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, listeners or viewers? <laughs> no, viewers are extra. Listeners. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it was for a... It was for medical information and for encrypting files so they didn't get corrupted and they didn't get hacked. And I was playing a hacker circa 1980 uh, with like you know, crazy lights and like I had these crazy glasses and this trench coat. It was like I had just dipped out of the Matrix, but like a yes. B-movie Matrix. And, and there's like German music playing in the background. Yes, like, there's German dubstep. Yes. It's really it's insane. super high, it, like highly stylized, so much fun to do. Okay, the, and then you're on the computer. Yeah. And you're like typing, like, like chuck, your chuck, hands chuck, are chuck, like chuck, chuck. flailing. And you know what? That keyboard was hooked up to a program that would just put in random code. So I could type whatever I wanted. So sometimes I was going like crisscrossing my hands as though I was playing piano. And it would just, t- and it would just type whatever. Yeah. Or like I was like hitting it with just my index finger, which is actually closer to how I type, I'm sure. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, I'm a terrible typist. Okay. Yeah, I'm awful. I'm awful. I grew up in a, at a time when there was that transition, and my my peers know how to type super well, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's awful. So you would type, and then the code would still the come out The type would come out perfectly, yeah, and it was yeah. the crazy music. There's that on your on your uh, demo reel, and then what else is on your demo? Uh, well, there's Eau de Jésus. Which we were oh, actually yes. in together. We were in together. Yes. We played in a short film together. Yes. What, it's considered a short film. It's considered a short film. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like more a, of like a commercial. It's so. a mock commercial. A mock commercial. Yes. Which we won an award for. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Matt. Matt Rich. Who produced it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And directed it. And directed and, and It edited. was his concept and he edited it. I just helped him thought write it. Thought of stuff in the shower. He was like. Uh, <laughs> thought of stuff in the yeah, shower? He, yeah. He thought of the. That last ending. So what what the commercial is that we were oh, in. Oh, yeah, right. We should probably yeah, explain Yeah, we should that. talk about it. So it's called Eau de Jésus. So a translation in English would be like Jesus's Water. scent. Oh, yeah, I guess. Know? It's a perfume. It's a perfume commercial, mock commercial. Yeah. And what's it about? Uh, it's about Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I, I was playing Jesus. You can't see It's this. a little offensive if you're... Oh, yeah. But you're yeah. you're but di- I'm, you're a diet... I, I call myself diet Catholic. <laughs> so Diet Catholic means that... I think that there's a higher power. Um, I'm not sure how cognizant said higher power is, but I'm pretty sure they're not taking attendance. Uh, So if you're not going to mass, whatever. Uh, I believe in being good to one another, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have do unto you. Uh, all of that. So, so so why label it Catholic and not like, uh, you know, you're agnostic, which means that you believe in a higher power. Agnostic is more so like until it's, proven you won't disregard it isn't it i thought that's what agnostic was no i think it's just you don't believe in religion mm-hmm. but you believe in spirituality if i'm not mistaken maybe someone can correct me but uh well for myself it was i was raised catholic so a lot of the rituals that are involved in that still bring me peace okay okay so, you know, like if i can go to church every once in a while i'll go and i'll, I'll meet oh, up really? with yeah i'll meet up with the community of because i used to work at a summer camp and we all went to the same church okay so you have so, friends there exactly if you didn't have friends there would you pop into a church uh just pop into a church yeah depending depending on the church okay so yeah. there's still some yeah there's still a little bit i would go more into like a multi-faith church which I know isn't really Catholic. What's, okay. Multi-faith is... Well, they is, can exist in yeah, unison. Yeah, for sure. It's like, oh, uh, the church that I used to go to uh, in Montreal, or that I still go to on occasion, Holy Family Parish, shout out. Uh, okay. it's, it's a great church. Uh, I had friends there who were Jewish. I had friends there who were Muslim. 
Uh, That's beautiful that they can like exist in harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would all go to the mass, and and it's like yeah, there's the sections of the mass that are more catered to the New Testament, but then there's the rest, which was like he played clips from the news uh, for his for his. Uh, oh my god, I'm terrible. But anyway, he would be making his his speech, and he'd be showing clips of the news and saying how it relates to just humanity in general. Yeah. And he, he's like very open-minded, very, very left. Who's he? The, the priest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't think he's seen the video. Probably oh, best Jesus. that he hasn't seen so it. So if you guys want to see, you can just YouTube Oh Did <laughs> No, Jesus? you can't. It's off of YouTube? It's off YouTube Why? because we're doing the festival circuit. Oh, no. So, no, that's What's good. That? Well, like Fantasia. Yeah, which we yeah. won an award for. Well, yes. We what is it called? The, the Silver Audience Award. So the audience loved... Yes, it was like an audience favorite, second place. Cardboard City won. Cardboard City is phenomenal, and you should check it out. Okay. I'll send you a link. Yeah, I have no idea uh, what that is. But yeah, you're like, what the heck is it? It's, no. Anyway, yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay, it's really yeah, funny. send me a link for that. But Eau de Jésus was... Uh, was on YouTube. Was on YouTube, and we took it down because in order to be allowed into festivals it can't be online whoa yeah depending on the festival some festivals are chill okay but uh because otherwise why would someone go to a festival to see a film that they can just access online yeah so we'll eventually be going back online not sure when okay once we're done applying to festivals and again applying to festivals costs money so it's another expense uh but yeah once it's back online for sure go check it out go check it out and if not well, just follow us on the social media. And we might, like, send it to you. Logan. Yeah, yeah. There might be, like, a screener link. Or you can come see it in the festival that we... That's next true. Festival. We just we just screened in Toronto last week. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At I the uh, Toronto Indie Night. And how was it received? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, I actually really couldn't funny. be there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And, the, it, like, it's funny. It's comedic. Yeah. I think it's if someone takes it too seriously, then it will rub them the wrong way. I think if you're really um, deep in your faith, because I half of my family is, yes, and they watched it and they were like, "Wow, <laughs> you did that." Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> so... <laughs> family is all kind of diet Catholic. I'll call them that. Okay, and they didn't. They care. didn't really care. And mine's not a diet, like the full yeah. the full meal plan. Well, what I tell people, <laughs> what I tell people is that we're really spoofing the perfume industry and and the movie industry in the sense that they romanticize no, everything. Even me being in it and a yeah. part of it and I rewatch it, it doesn't look like you guys had to have told me that you're spoofing the perfume industry. Because yeah. I would look at it like it's it's a mock on religion. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well I felt like we took a But I don't care yeah. not that I don't care. I just I'm not affected by it. Yeah. I think there's like a little bit of resentment in terms of like religious right 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 like beliefs yeah. and stuff in me mm-hmm. so i don't mind it you know what it may, it may have just been because i helped co-write it that in my mind i was like it really is we're not we're we're spoofing the idea that they can take anything and romanticize it they yes. can sexualize anything yes it's like literally half of of perfume commercials is someone driving a car or oh i'm digging a hole yeah. Like, what? Why is that? Yeah, like, That's nothing. I, I saw this in the Estée Lodé store mm-hmm. the other day. It was this girl taking her purse, walking down the stairs, um, being upset at her boyfriend, and, like, giving, like, a really intense look at her boyfriend, being like, no, 
And then he's like chasing her and he's like, but wait. And then the bottle of perfume. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, that what? had nothing, nothing to do with perfume. But. So it's just like telling a really, really over the top narrative in a very short amount of time. Yes. It's it's a really fun commitment to style. You can't take yeah. anything too seriously, especially no. with comedy. No. But you know what I did do? Why I managed to sprinkle in there um, was that Jesus's motivation was the nun. The entire thing. If you listen to the narration, he's saying that the only person that would, was able to show him the way wasn't his dad. It was this girl. It's so true. It's, she actually is the one that's she is the not the main character because Jesus is on screen more often, but she's the driving force. It's true, mm-hmm. and I think in every relationship, the partner is the driving force. Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of, there there are there are different beliefs out there where it's like, okay, what is it that you love about the person? Is it the the way that they make you feel, or is it that you actually love the person? And mm, or do you love the idea of the person? Exactly. Do you love the idea of having a boyfriend, mm-hmm. or do you really love the boyfriend? Yes. So there there are different. Uh, you know, views on that. But in terms of Jesus and this nun, it was that... I was the driving force. Yeah, you were the driving force. Yeah. Does the nun have a name? A name? Uh, You know what? A lot of people call her Mary because they just equate her to Mary Magdalene. It's like you were the second coming of Mary Magdalene. Interesting. I had black hair at the time. You did. It looked cool. It looked really good. I think it did. It looked really cool. But a lot of people were like, thank God you went back to your roots. Really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Even I'll I'll look at some pictures and I'll be like, damn, I I just looked white. Like, so white. Because the complexion, it just makes me look so white. When I first met you, yeah. you had, I want to say you had brown hair. Then the second time I met you was when we were doing the Arcade Fire music video. Which was so cool, and I had red hair. You had red hair. Yeah, and Auburn. Then, and then when I suggested you for the role, when I was talking to Matt, that's what I had in mind. I was like, okay, yeah, Mary Auburn, Magdalene can yeah. have Auburn hair. And then you show up with dark hair, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> this works too? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then now you're blonde. Blonde. Yeah. And then I'll go black this summer probably. Yeah. My hairdresser was like, I was like, you know, do you hate that I'm going like up and down? He's like, it's your personality. I know in a year you're going to have black hair again. I'm like, interesting. 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 Yeah. I'm at a point where, man, I don't know if I should keep my hair long or if I should cut your it Your hair? Can you show the podcasties your hair? Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I feel like this always ends up becoming a topic of conversation. It does. It's it's important. Look at his hair. I mean, it has a life of its own. It really does. It's its own character. I remember being jealous of your hair when I had short hair. Stop. Yeah, when we did the Eau de Jesus. Oh, you had shorter hair I than had I short did. hair, and I was like, man, if only I could have his luscious locks. Jeez. So, like, give it a little wave. Oh, sure, yeah. This is my... Uh, well, now it's like it was just in a knot all day, but... And are you, like, cutting it and... And like, what are you maintaining it? Do you have oh, trims um, or anything? I get it trimmed every so often. So like right now it's probably close to the same length that it was when it, I did Eau de Jésus. It's just like wavier. Um, I think it was a little longer then. Maybe. Well, yeah. it gets pretty long. It's just that it was in a bun. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. it's like long. It's very long. I And yeah. I guess you get really intense roles. Yeah. Right? that's Because it, it makes you a character. That's why I let my hair grow. Was because graduating from my conservatory... I kind of just looked like a basic Everyone white else. guy. Yeah. And I still am a basic white guy, but at least I'm a basic white guy with long hair. Yeah. So You kind of look like a lion. Yes. Yeah. I, I've, I've been told this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I've been yeah. told I was like the human Simba. The human Simba? <laughs> yeah. I was like at a karaoke bar and someone was like, has anyone ever told you that you're like a human Simba. And I'm like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the human Simba would be African, but... <laughs> well, I think he would be more like his dad. Mufasa. 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 Yeah, oh. man. 
Anyway, I'm gonna put it back yeah, up of just because it's very just. I don't know how people keep their hair down all day. Well, it, I feel like it's a mood. Like if I'm yeah. down, if I'm about to work, my hair needs to be up. Oh, interesting. But if I'm about to like play or entertain, oh. it's gonna be down. I don't know. Because I feel like I can just like feel myself more. I with feel my like hair down. you know what it is. It's it's almost like it's a mask, and I'd rather be able to mm. see you and that you can see me fully. Yeah. And not be hidden behind my hair. Yeah. Really, eh? Yeah, it's like I know that hair can be used to express. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can be used to, you know, express your your personality and everything. But I think that I just like being open, and for me, being shrouded by my hair is like really hard. I can't keep it down for very long. That's really interesting. Ode Jesus is probably even Ode Jesus. If you remember, it was like it was up, and then right before the shot, I would undo it. Yeah. We go down. It also looks good for all of five minutes when it's down and then eventually well, just man like, buns are in and i think yeah. they've been in for a very long time they've been in i'm trying this like um i'm not trying to do it because if man buns are in now but what happens is if you pull it too tight then you kind of wreck your hairline so i'm trying to be careful i have to be wary of good that. i hope people yeah. with man buns take yeah listen notes. guys you can get alopecia it's a real thing so let's get into february blues yes uh let's see i I had been familiar with this phenomenon for a very long time, but uh, this year particularly, I was feeling kind of down and uh, kind of moody, and for for weeks it was like I, I felt a lack of, of motivation. I, I felt a lack of fulfillment, and I thought to myself, I said, "Have I ever felt like this before?" Because I feel like I started journaling about something like this two years ago. By the way, I journal. <laughs> uh, Journaling is journal. cool. Honestly, I feel like if you don't journal, that's the reaction. I, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. you don't know dick all about yourself. No, I like journaling. And and I looked at this journal that I started and March 5th, and I looked and it up. And we're March 9th. We're March 10th? 12th? Uh, yo, guys, this is what I mean. I don't know. <laughs> this is cool, though, that, yeah. we, that we don't know the date, which means we no. like our lives. We're not uh. like, oh. It's March 12th. Okay, tomorrow's March 13th. I'm really stressed out. That's no, fair. No, we're like, it's fucking like, March. I don't know, it's March. It's, we're somewhere in March. Oh, we are We are the 12th. Yeah, okay, I figured it out. How yeah. did you figure it out? Because of work? Because of stress? Well, because I'm hoping that I got a role in something, okay, and the role okay. would be shooting on the 15th, and I oh, would find out mm. today, or actually, no, today is the 13th. <laughs> it's, the 13th it's the 13th. It's the 13th. I'm it's so the 13th. dumb. Anyway. Okay, this makes sense. Uh, Looked at this journal. So backtrack, feeling kind of mopey, feeling kind of down, been feeling that way for a few weeks, which is long for me. And then I, I look at this journal and on March 5th, like clockwork, it says, hi, I'm starting this journal because I'm feeling really shitty. And I've been feeling go. this way for a few weeks. I don't think I've ever felt this bad before. I'm like, oh shit, past Jonathan has gone through the same thing. And it happens every year around this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. Mm. So if anyone's feeling this way, know that it's because of the lack of vitamin D. It's yes. the lack of sunshine. Mm -hmm. I feel top of the nine because I went to Mexico. Yeah. So, and I feel like, honestly, we were just talking about this at the gym this morning. The government should give every human that lives in a shitty place $1,000 to just fly away for a week <laughs> and get, like, rejuvenated. And then, you know, it's a funny, it's a funny like, um, thought, but then how much money goes into, like, antidepressants mm -hmm. and, like, shit like that? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I'm in no way, shape, or form 
certified to, to diagnose. Know, diagnose myself no, with seasonal depression, but the <laughs> but, February blues are a real thing yeah. and it can affect, and I'm usually a very happy-go-lucky person. And how are and you feeling? Just like... Now I'm feeling better. But how were you feeling? How was what, it? what were your symptoms of February blues? Oh God. It was just, it was hard to get up in the morning. Okay. Uh, I had no energy like at all throughout the day. None at all. And I had lots of commitments that I had in February. So it was like three times as much effort to do the same things that I've always been doing. Yeah. And and it just felt like too much. You know what I mean? Like almost burnout. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it was. If it, if I had not had all these commitments, I probably would have just been feeling bleh. bleh. But because I had all these commitments and I felt like I wasn't following through on my commitments, I was doing them, but I felt like the caliber that I was doing them wasn't what I would usually do, yeah. which then made me feel even worse. And then what a burnout is, is it's you have this list of things to do and you never reach the end. You keep, you keep, you keep hustling, you keep hustling, and no matter how hard, the list just keeps getting longer and longer until you burn out. There's nothing left. Yeah. And I, I felt that. Like, uh, there was, there was a certain week where I worked, I don't know, something like 70 hours, and that's a lot of hours, but the next week, and even the week after that, I just couldn't get my energy back up. I was dead. So how did, how are you out of it now? I, you know, I'm not even sure. I, I spent- Are you out of it? I, I'm, I'm mostly out of it. Okay. I'm still on the, on the cusp. I think really what it was, was- once I got through all of these different commitments that I had made, I started feeling the weight off my shoulders mm. and I started being able to focus more on myself and less on all of these tasks that I yeah. need to get done. <laughs> I move, I talk with my hands so okay. much and now I'm just knocking this m- microphone. It's okay. It's my setup. It's yeah. bad. It's poor. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's once I, I focused less on the tasks and more on myself and also surrounding myself with positive people. Yeah, that's huge, yeah. man. I'm also, I'm usually extroverted. And there were times when I didn't want to see people, which is weird mm. for me. You know, usually I'm like super down to see people no matter what. But I was like, I just want to stay home. And I didn't even want to stay home because when I'm in Quebec, I, I stay at my parents' place or I stay at my brother's place. I stay at my friend's place. And I like didn't want to be with anyone. Whoa. So that was like really weird for me. So I take walks or I'd like get my space. I need to find my center. And then once I was feeling comfortable with, with myself again, then I would seek, I guess, extra help from, from people who I felt have positive energies. Okay. And I, geez, positive energies. I used to like, when I was in engineering, this is the kind of talk that I was like, energy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, but at this point, I think it's true. There's some people when you're with them, they, drain your energy okay yeah, yeah yeah keep going and other people they give you energy so i don't know what that is i don't know what it's actually quantified as but when i was feeling in a funk i mean a lot of the work had to be done myself you can't distract yourself with other people but i did like being eventually i was able to come out of it a little bit and be brought more out of it by good people yeah. yeah, people that uplift you. Exactly. And I feel like if you have the reaction of like, the positive vibes, yeah, blah, I yeah. feel like you're the one who drains energy because yeah. you don't get it. It's like, whatever. It's if you like, don't, also, if you don't agree with it, or you, then just whatever. Then why, are you, why voice that? What difference? No, you can make? voice it. I mean, it's yeah. fine if you voice it, but it's like the way. This is true. Like, I don't want to shut anyone up. If you don't agree with me, you can totally tell me that you don't no, agree no, no. with me. No, no, no. I just mean like it's like the way it's said. Like, mm. the yeah, yeah. It's like, well, dude, maybe you are the poison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe people are trying to avoid you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. 
Anyways, for the last couple of minutes. Oh my god, it's already up. I know, yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you a few questions. Sure. Uh, Over the podcast, as it's evolved, I asked like a couple of questions at the end. Okay. But I realized I really want to ask you all of the questions I've asked people. Okay. Because I'm curious for your answers. So, for, for one of them, if somebody's about to give up on their dream, what would you tell them to not give up? If they're about to give up on their yeah. dream? No matter what that dream is. I think the first thing you need to do is ask yourself why you're giving up on the dream. Because I think what you'll do is people compare themselves to, it's this, that common saying, you could be at your chapter one and you're comparing someone to their chapter 30. So I would say don't give up on your dreams as your go-to. Question, why is it that I want to give up on my dreams? Is it not giving me the fulfillment that it used to give me? Yeah. And if it's not giving you that fulfillment, why isn't it? Why? Because Keep digging deeper. Exactly. Yeah. Because there was a reason why you loved this thing before. And it's like a relationship. It's like you're at the beginning, you're in the honeymoon phase, everything is going well. When you start painting, everything is going well. And then you realize it's harder than you thought it was going to be. And when someone is, a, a wise person knows that they know little. Mm-hmm. And if you're just beginning at a craft, then you need to be able to commit to those 10,000 hours. And you need to ask yourself, am I willing to commit? Because if you're not willing to put in the work, then you're not going to be able to reap the rewards that you were infatuated with at the beginning. Yes. So So love the process. Yes, love the process, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And if they've really started hating the process? And if they've hated the process and the what they're looking for is no longer bringing them joy because people change. People what, change. Br- what brings you joy before may not be bringing you joy anymore. Then, I mean, like I was saying earlier, look at it from all angles. See, like, yeah. is there a variation of this that I can still do? And if not, then, I mean... And what what kind of, like, image are you trying to fulfill? Is it the image that someone else put into your head of be- becoming a mechanical engineer? Mm. Or is it your own image of being a superstar? Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Um, no, 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 so yeah. that, that's just another thing. Like, just know what kind of image you're trying to fulfill and why. So when I was in, um, in the eighth grade, I was telling you the story earlier, I was really good at history. I loved history. I would wake up in the morning and I'd watch the History Channel and I'd learn all the things and then I would get to class and I'd read ahead and I would know everything that was going to happen. And my teacher at one point said, hey, do you want to be a historian? And I went, no. <laughs> no, and she's a like, historian boy. she says, why? why? Why don't you want to be a historian? And I said, because I don't want to study history. I want to become a part of history. Mm. And that was like the first time that little kid Jonathan was like, you know what? I'm going to do something, which is honestly like, the millennial. Beautiful. Thank you. I know that the millennial generation, we, we think like, oh, we're destined for great things. And honestly, I don't know if I'm destined for great things, but I know that I want to work hard and try to leave the best impact I can. Yeah. And at first I didn't know what that was going to be. I said, I'll go into engineering because it keeps the most doors open. Yeah. But in reality, it doesn't, even if it keeps more doors open, they're not necessarily the doors I want to pass through. I never liked engineering. I, like science, like I like food. I like to eat food. I don't mind it cooking, but I don't want to like look into what this food is made of. You know, like I don't need how to. How can I manipulate it and how, make it better? Yeah, and make it more presentable. I can no, look at it like an artist. I look at science like an art. I look at cooking like an art. It's like okay, I know the different flavors that'll be good together, but as soon as I start going to the microscopic layer, I level rather. I don't care. I don't care. I d- it doesn't spark joy. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh my god! <laughs> you're talking. I'm like, you're talking in motivational quotes. Yeah, I, I love know. It. I love stop. it. Oh, hello, doggo. <laughs> okay, so so if we go on yeah. to um, okay, so just love the process. I love, love the process, and if you're not loving the process, ask yourself what why? is it, why, and what is it you're striving for. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you could have any superpower. If in I the world, have any superpower? What would it be? Oh, shoot, I don't know. Uh, I know I put you on the spot. I think it would be. I don't know. Go time anything. travel. Why? You can do so much with time travel. But it's the butterfly effect, is it not? It depends you on fix, which. Depends on you, which. You, um, you f- touch the wall. Yeah. In in 1747, yeah. and you're not born anymore. So, that's one understanding of time travel. Oh, I'm, school. Yeah, well, go. it's because there are different ways. There's the that's that's if you go back to the past and you weren't supposed to have gone back to the past, then you'll change the future. But if you what if you were always supposed to have gone back to the past? Mm, what if you going of, back was part of the grand timeline? That's crazy. That's so, a crazy way of looking at that it. That would be sick. I would love doing that. And then you can also you can travel to the future. And you could come back. Oh, that would be interesting because then I don't know if you could change the future, but you yeah. know what was happening. Realistically, yeah, I'm not sure if you'd be able to change the future, but it would just be so cool to be able to do that. For one thing, I'd be able to. I think I'd be very scared. It would have to be under really controlled circumstances. Like you better believe that I'm having a bubble over myself if I'm going to like the land before time and there's like dragons everywhere. Oh, here's the thing. I wouldn't go to prehistoric times because right away if there's a virus around, yeah. I can catch that virus and I'll dead. die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. But there's certain things like, oh, if I wanted to, I mean, I have to be careful about the Black Plague and everything, but like- Watch Mona Lisa be painted. Exactly, or, or get to know these these characters that, that I'll be playing, let's say. You know, oh, let's say I'm wow. playing a role in a movie. I want to know what life was like back then. Or I to could... pick Martin Luther King's brain. Yes. Yes. Wow. Talk to people who who are, can no longer talk for themselves. Isn't that what we're always trying to do? Yes, yeah. as actors. Yeah, or that's as creators. A sick, <laughs> that's a sick uh, superpower then, based on like what you want to be and do. I think it'd be cool. And then also, you can travel to the future. I don't know if you can bring things back, but like... Pfft. I can get access to technology oh that we don't God. have here. Oh like, oh, I could like genetically engineer myself to be able to I don't know, live forever, live forever, breathe so then, underwater. I could, I could bring back VR that would allow me to have the sensation of flying. I could. It, that's just it. It's like if I could go to a future where I could access this technology, then that the would be insane. Sky's the limit. Hey, what that makes yeah. me think of is like going to a future and mm-hmm. accessing humans that mm-hmm. have finally figured out how to live forever yeah. and then they're like oh my god those humans that died before us were lived for us mm-hmm. i think that people will be able to live forever and we're just like the the getting there yeah like we're just the people who need to die for mm-hmm. for time to move forward and for them to create immortality there was a really cool um cartoon that i watched i can't remember who it was by it was a canadian cartoon and it was that eventually they would find like a cure for death but they would also find a way to save the people that had already died oh that's that's insane and then if you can do that then it's the like world creating would be so populated but that's just it then you expand then you're no longer living... like merge planets well not merge planets but you could explore other planets you wow. could and it's like people can live in i mean it's a, it's a scary scary thought to be able to live forever it's actually terrifying why but it's cool because it's also like what I am I more terrified if I were to live forever or I'm more terrified that my life is finite 
I'm not sure. Wow, I am. I don't want to die. I the, the thing is, I think that at a certain point... You will want to die. And if you don't want to die, maybe there'll be a way for you to become part of the energy of the universe. Maybe yeah. we'll create our own heaven. Who knows? That's true. So with that, my last question, okay. and it's a perfect segue. Yeah. What do you think is the meaning of life? Ooh, the meaning of life. Well, biologically speaking, it's about <laughs> conserving the most energy before, like, without dying. Conserving the most <laughs> energy, energy without what do you dying. Mean? Well, let's see. Um, if you were to, like, just on a biological, not a psychological level I whatsoever. I thought you were going to say reproduce. No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, a cell. Like a cell okay, yeah. Let's say a cell's life will be lengthened if it doesn't have too much stress. Oh, wow. If it doesn't So expend- I'm going to die young because I do CrossFit. But then the but life then that I- you've lived is worth more in a sense, you know? Like, it's not worth more than someone else's life. But, I mean, if you live a rich life, if it's shorter than a long, boring no, life... No, but I'm thinking, like, you know, there's something about working out your muscles that creates more oxidative energy. stress, and then... It, yeah. I mean, age, age is nothing but your cell's replicating themselves over and over and over again adding to oxidative stress and then eventually they're not able to replicate properly uh the idea that oh if someone's really thin their entire life they'll live longer because they've put their muscles under less stress but that's what i mean when you're talking on a biological level that's what the level what, what everyone what on a cellular level they're trying to do they're trying to live without spending expending too much energy but as soon as we become cognizant then that's not the same thing. It all has to do with our interactions with the universe. So it's like, for me, as soon as you become self-aware, then everyone's journey is a little different. But I think it's about, you know, like the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. And everyone's happiness is different. But... I don't know. This is really hard. But go on. No, go on. Pursuit of happiness. It has to do. It has to do with wellness. But also has to do with what you're leaving behind. It's so tricky. This is is. such a tricky question. (laughs) I love. I. This is my favorite question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're back. Um, So think, 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 think. For me, I think the meaning of life is to change another person's story mm-hmm. like you're meant to change my story in some way well because but all for we the are, better for all the we better. are are our effects on the universe exactly yeah that's it that's it the really, biggest thing it doesn't really matter what you think it's what you do it's, it's your you actions do. that cause the chain reaction exactly yeah so you can think of like this amazing amazing thought that's going to change the world yeah and you can just sit on it, mm-hmm. and the world will not change. No. So the meaning of life is to do. Is to do. Just two letters, yeah. D-O. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I will ponder that. Okay, we'll have you will. on again, and you'll answer. Oh, yeah, and you'll sure. Answer. I, I, this was great, and thank yeah. you for inviting me on. Thank you for being here and sharing <laughs> your mind and thoughts with the world. Thank you so much. Yay! Yay! Woo! Peace, podcast! Yeah. <laughs>